Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Kinky Conversations podcast, where consent is king, pleasure is queen, and exploration of sexual expression is the name of the game. And now for your host, the delicious Zachary Phillips. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Ali, a 32-year-old math tutor from the United States who enjoys reading, baking, anime, and stargazing. We discuss the appeal of novelty in BDSM, one-night stands versus relationships, the need for respect online and in real life, submission in and out of the bedroom, and the pre-work needed to be successful, degradation kinks, the dance of dominance and submission, signs of consent and safe words. We also discuss the concept of subspaces with the revelation that it may be a goal in and of itself, that is, not sexual. We also discuss the interplay between society, family, religion, and culture with kink. I just want to give a little bit of a trigger warning because some parts of this podcast may be confronting for some listeners. We go dark and we go deep. But I do want to say that it was extremely insightful as Ali introduces a couple of things in a way that I hadn't heard before. This was a great conversation and I know you'll love it. And just remember, stick around to the end of the podcast because I'll be playing a part from the book Kink Volume 1. But without further ado, here's Ali. Okay, so usually I will um, sort of do a lead-in and ask uh, my guests a bunch of different questions, um, sort of off the cuff, but you being the... Um, you, you said you're a math tutor, so perhaps maybe it's the um, the homework uh, the homework gene kicking in. You see the value. Yeah, it's that inner Hermione. You gave me detailed answers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> inner Hermione. <laughs> you gave me detailed answers on a whole on all of the questions. I usually go for like most memorable experience or true fantasy or a whole variety of things, but you've given me like some detailed responses, and I'll, I just want to jump right in there because. Um, you know, I'll give you chances to, to, to take, take the conversation wherever you like. Um, but there's a few things that I'm like, okay, yeah, I really got to, um, I got to look into this. <laughs> you, <laughs> um, with one of the questions you said, um, I'm like, well, what, what sort of, uh, kinks or, um, stuff are you into? And you said, it's easier to say, what are my hard limits? Cause you're, you're sort of happy to try everything. You're willing to try everything. Um, can we just sort of just jump right into it? Where did, where did you start from? in the sort of um, BDSM kinky sort of journey? And how have you gotten to a stage where you're like, you know what, almost everything is a go? Well, I think it's like a combination of two different things because like I have ADHD and so my brain is constantly seeking novelty. So it's like if if any two scenes are the same, I'm like, okay, boring, old hat, let's move on, try something new, throw something new in. Um, but I guess like... <laughs> so- I actually like feel like my my true start was finding like paranormal romance novels. Paranormal romance novels. <laughs> yeah, like or para no, I guess supernatural, paranormal, yeah. But like I'm trying to remember the name of the author. I want to say it's Laurel K Hamilton. She wrote one about um this bad bitch who is just 
fucking vampires and werewolves and like every fae and everybody was involved and it was dark and it was like twisted and it was very like primal and i was just like it it the nether regions were on fire so you know like it, it was just like okay i think i need to find out more about this and uh yeah it it just kind of dove off from there um when it comes to like different kings and fetishes i like that um as you can see behind me there's a wall of books uh so i wonder now mm-hmm. i'm thinking like what were the first books that i read and um how did that relate to my uh to my sexuality <laughs> it's an interesting place <laughs> What was your um, what was your most favorite uh, genre as a child? Hmm, I get you. Okay. I mean, I remember Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings, but like Legolas definitely helped growing up. So I like that. I um I read a study back in the day that suggests that men's like in general a male's first sexual experience sort of like binds them to that as what it means to have to sort of it binds them in terms of arousal, whereas females can sort of shift and change and twist depending on their partner. And they even took it so far as to convince a, what was it, a goat to um, get with sheep because that was its first sexual experience. And the male goats didn't want to change back to female goats, but the male, the females were happy to shift between depending on what partner they were offered. Some ridiculous story like that, but, you know, obviously this is animal studies. But it's interesting um, if you apply if you apply it back into, into humans, um, seeing the initial influences and sort of tracking that into the future yeah absolutely and i i mean that really is telling considering like i'm a switch i'm bisexual like i lean either way in so many different things like just variety is a spice of life let's let's get freaky you know i I love that i love that idea um happy to try everything you sort of listed through a variety of different things that you enjoy but it sounds like the actual enjoyment is the novelty factor is that is that sort of where it is or is there is there something else going on there? Um, I mean, it's 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 the novelty. It's you know, there's intimacy as well um, because I feel like there are definitely guys who are better at communicating as well as creating that connection that feels safe and um, yeah, safe and consensual. Obviously, um, so for me, it's it's a lot to do with who the guy is, you know, me being demisexual on top of it all, I definitely feel like I have to have an emotional connection. I can't do the just like one night stands. That's not something that I'm comfortable with. So um, at the end of the day, it's going to depend on how well I connect with that person. And if I believe that that person is a good person, because like in the back of my mind, I don't want to fuck bad people. Like that's going to affect my karma. Like, and karma is a real bitch. Like I have learned that. <laughs> you don't want you don't want to reward a bad person with pleasure either. Like just all all karma and consequences aside, or like the feeling of them sort of tainting you. It's like if you're a bad person, you're not getting pleasure. At least not from me, right? No, go find it somewhere else. Like I, I want to remain spiritually on the good side, you know. Like it's <laughs> fucking. I've for, had enough fucking for the good side. Yeah, exactly. I've had enough bullshit in my life. Like I need to balance this out. <laughs> I like that a lot. Um, you, you talked about okay, so so the need for connection, like the demisexuality, the need for um to establish safety norms, all of that sort of stuff. Can you can you sort of elaborate on what? I suppose maybe give me give me sort of an insight into what it's like when someone does that well with you 
or like as a as a pair, I suppose, and what someone what happens when someone does it not so well, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. Um I mean most most of the people that I've connected with have been online. Um and a really big one is when they are when when you know, I do tend in my bisexual bisexuality to lean more on the male side. You tend to lean towards the male in your bisexuality. Yeah, yeah. Um when it comes to that, oh, it, it depends on how they lead the conversation. Because if I'm having to predominantly lead the conversation, you know that this person as is probably not as well informed about how to attract women in a way that will produce longevity in a relationship. Can you go into that a little bit more? They, you're saying that they, if if you're if you're having to lead the conversation, they're they're not they're not projecting something that you will see value in moving forward. Yeah, and at least that's the way it's been in my personal experience. Whenever, whenever I'm having to do all the talking, whenever I'm having to lead the conversation and asking those essential questions, like, have you, like, what is your definition of safe, safe, and consensual? Or have you heard a rack? Or what are your primary kinks? What are your dislikes and your likes? Like, if I'm having to do all that work, then that means either they haven't thought about those things or all they're there to do is just to like have, you know, a sexting session and that's all they want to do. They just want to see Mm. you naked as quickly as possible and then they want to move on. So for me, I try and pretty quickly figure out, okay, does this, is this guy able to create conversation without me being the, the one that has to lead everything? And if he does so, is it in an informed way that speaks to experience um and knowledge within the community it sounds like you've got a um a pretty good read on sorting through the bullshit yeah um definitely i i uh I, my bullshit meter is is pretty spot on um like years of experience along with i think there's just something about my personality type like you know myers Briggs has a place People use it where it's not supposed to be used, but I have a pretty rare personality type. And for me, like that is one of the things is I'm able to pick up on people's intentions pretty quickly. Like the words, you know, there's those, there's these two like sided sentence of um, actions speak louder than words, right? Um, mm. Because the way they proceed to act with you will, de- will show you who they are. And then, <clears throat> um, I mean, people can, and, People can say a thousand words and still not be able to get to the point that you're trying to reach. And it Mm. sounds pretty, it sounds beautiful, it sounds lovely, but if their actions don't back up what they say, then I think you have a partner that is probably not as where you, at least I, want them to be. Emotional maturity. I'm I'm fully on board with that. Um, Anyone can say anything, but it's what they do that matters. I always... um, you know, and, and there's so many ways that you could take this, but like, you know, the, the cliched partner, male or female, like I had a partner years ago, just, it was just a one night thing. It wasn't that great, but she was all, all talk. And she's like, you know, I've got this, I can do that. This is what will feel. And it was a massive letdown. And it's like, your words sound great, but your actions were just not there. And like, that's, that's, that's like a very surface level of this. You take it to a, to a deeper level and it's like, I like the idea of giving people 
the rope to hang themselves with, right? It sounds morbid, but exactly. If if I'm if I'm like, hey, you know, how do you feel? What are you doing? Not just with sex and sexuality, but definitely with that, but with relationships, with business, with friendships. It's like, well, just just let me tell, like, you know, tell tell me about yourself, and you just let them talk, and it's sort of people tend to reveal the truths that they have, almost like they can't help but sort of share. And if you just listen carefully, they will tell you how they treat other people. They'll show you that. And then you have then you can get an insight. Like one of the best bits of advice um, uh, I, I, I try to, to try to give to give to people and it came to me was just watch, watch how your potential partner treats people that, quote, don't matter. You know, how do they treat the, the waitress? How do they treat the, the gas attendant? How do, they, how do they act to strangers on the road, right? Because those are the people that don't matter. They're not trying to impress those people. They'll never see them again. And if they treat those people like shit, that's a um, good guidepost to the sort of person they are because they're, they're turning it all the way on for you. They want you to you know, get naked. They want you to be their partner. They want something from you, so they're going to act. Exactly. Whereas how do they, you know. Exactly. <laughs> although, um, are you, have you. Have you ever watched? Um, are you into Seinfeld in any sense? I'm not. I, I <sighs> honestly, I started watching it. I did start watching it, but I'm only on like episode five. Like, I am determined to watch all of it, okay. but it hasn't happened yet. Well, it, it won't. This won't land as much. But there's a joke where one of the characters is like, "I even treated the normal. I even treated the waitress well, so she knows that I'm nice to the normal people." So obviously, like, it's a, it's a, um. it's a tactic, and people know that this is a thing. But like, I mean, you can't keep an act up forever. Right, I yeah, was I was chatting absolutely. to I was chatting to someone just 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 online before this discussion, and this person was saying that they get a lot of people just entering the DMs, asking you know, demanding nudes, speaking to them in ways, and then just you know, off they go. And it's like, yeah, like some people are shit. Toxic people are toxic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, currently, my DMs are filled with like eighteen different dudes who are just like, hey, or come suck my dick. Or, you know, some variety of that. And you're just like, can you start by saying, like, your name, maybe? Or, <laughs> you know, like, how was your day? Like, I, I want to be a trainer for, for dudes on how yes. to speak to women online. Can I can I please do that for them? Like, uh, this, I'll, toxic I'll masculinity this. down, <laughs> emotional maturity up. Like, we can figure this out together. Okay, so so on this topic, there's a book that really helped me, and I recommend every guy should read it, and every girl that's into girls should read it. Anyone that wants to attract women, and also anyone that wants to attract men, because the advice is like for men, but it's for people, right? And the book is called Models by Mark Manson. And in this book, he talks about that, and it's like, you know, be honest, be yourself, you know, make yourself a better person so you're more appealing, and and like, don't force the issue. If the person, like, you know, basically, like, if the person's into you, like, find out if they're into you or if they want to be a friend or whatever very quickly so you're not stuck in the friend zone, quote, unquote. And if they lean one way or the other, fine, you've answered that question, right? It's 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 about connecting with the person because, like, yeah, a one-night sound stand sounds fun, but ultimately, it's it really isn't. Like, I heard they're, like, mostly disappointing, like, <laughs> because there's, there's just... It's all no it's all one level. It's all one level. It's all skin deep. After that, there's nothing. Hundred percent. Like mm -hmm. I think about the the one night stands that turned into sort of relationships or ongoing things, and the 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 interesting thing is is the the memory of that 
initial event is far more hotter to me now than it was just after that when I wasn't sure that there was going to be any future with this person. It's almost like the act of the future relationship developing made that initial event far more arousing. Like it entered the spank bank <laughs> far stronger. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. I can definitely see that. Because that was my, that my first relationship. I This was a like, really impactful event because like my first relationship, I um, got really drunk. My roommate had a friend come over and he was attractive. And so I just got, I have never been blackout drunk. Ever, since then, got blackout drunk. Apparently, we had sex. I wake up in the morning nude, which at that point, I never did. I always slept with pajamas on. And so that freaked me out first. I was like, what the fuck? The bed is shifted like horizontally, you know, 45 degrees off of the frame, like bras in one corner, panties in the other corner. And I'm just like, what the fuck happened? And I was like, well, I definitely got screwed last night (laughs) okay and luckily he was such a gentleman that he like he had gotten on my phone and texted and was like hey here's my number like i had to leave for class like and so that turned into a two and a half year relationship that honestly was was a really good step for me in my life like he and i are still friends that's lovely. I like I um I like the um positive twist ending on that story. Yeah. It could have went either way. <laughs> it really could have. It really could have. I guess yeah, back back to this idea of like how to treat people well. Like talk to people I feel like people online, it's like this this anonymity, you know, like you wouldn't just go expose yourself. You wouldn't just like come up to someone and say like hey let's fuck like like even if you were in the context no. of like a a um like a kinky bdsm nightclub that's still not the etiquette right there there's very little time where that is the etiquette. no you don't immediately like like oh there's a sub she's not wearing panties <laughs> like just go for it like that's no you ask first like and what if she some is someone else's sub like that you don't need to get your teeth knocked out by some dom who's just like, um, excuse me, what the fuck are you doing with your dick in her vagina? Just like, what, what makes guys think that it's okay to be this just, I don't even know, like, it, it, it this entitlement of I can say whatever I want to say to a woman online. And, she has to message me back. That's that's what really gets me is like how irate some of these guys can get about when I don't message them back. They're just like, what the fuck, bitch? And they immediately go just hard right, just the opposite direction yeah. of like, <laughs> it's never going to be polite. It's never going to be like, oh, hey, I noticed that you uh, saw my message, but um, I'd really like to chat with you. No, it's like, okay, bitch, like it, immediately. <laughs> that's the first word they go for, just immediately. I've I've had this experience because people, you know, I post a lot of stuff that has my actual face and gender in, but um, people will still enter thinking I'm a female given the content I post on the social media, which is hilarious to me. Um, it really is, and and it's like, and they 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 treat me like that, and like I had one, it's like, hey, can we fuck? I'm like, I, this is what I don't get about these guys online, right? Multiple aspects. If you treat people with respect, develop relationship, you will get fun time play online for a start. So it's like it's like the the methodology is flawed that they use, and and secondly, like 
I'm not sure what they're hoping to achieve anyway. Like, it's like, what do you want to get from from this interaction? Because you can get nudes, like you know, porn for free. Like, it's it's like, yeah, you know, and 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 like, and and it will probably be better quality, better, like like just better in almost every way. Because you can yeah. search for the exact thing that you are after, right? And maybe there's the power play of you know getting someone to give you something. Like maybe they're maybe they're after that. I, I'm not. It, I think it, you're onto something there. I don't know. The psychology of it is always curious because every single time I've spoken to a female online with respect, it leads to a connection, and that connection may or may not lead to further further fun or further play or whatever in person or online. But it it it's almost universal this this approach of like hey bitch show me your tits like that's that just doesn't work and immediately immediately or like i want to see your asshole right now and i'm just like (laughs) well i'm i'm constipated so that's not gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) it's maybe it's maybe there is a very small percentage of people that 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 like comply with that that encourages it because like it's like there must be some sort of I can't imagine that they're all doing this. Maybe, maybe they are. I don't know. It, it, like the, the 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 sort of the, the the consequence to a reward situation. You know, you said like they, they shouldn't have to get their they shouldn't need to get their teeth broken to to not do this. But maybe maybe that's what it is. If you never leave your your house and you've never spoken to someone and had them like slap you or have their partner been like, dude, don't speak to my 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 partner like this. I'm going to punch you in the face right now. Like maybe they've just not mm-hmm. faced the consequences and and there's a there's a small percentage of people that do respond quote unquote well to that sort of bullshit. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean part like two things come to mind after you say that is like one, their mama didn't raise them right. Like learn how to treat a woman it's real. it's it's really not that hard like it's be a human being is like number one just treat them like they're human don't treat them like they're objects okay you know can, can, um, I, can I jump in there right because like the, the the don't treat them like they're objects it's an interesting thing because when you're playing right when you submit you desire to be treated like an object, right? Like you're like, you know, like fucking exploit yeah, me, yeah. do whatever you want to me. Like that's, that's the thing. And the more, and the more you can do that and get out of your own way, like that's actually hotter for me. So there's this, there's this, there's this interplay between like the initial setup and then the, the, the sex act. Like, you know, it's like if you've got like a, like a, like a degradation, de- degradation kink, right? There you go. Or <laughs> we'll get there. Or, um, you know, like that exploitation, you want to be used, right? There is that sort of submissive desire that seems to come through of like, you know, like I am your, I'm your fuck toy, like do whatever you want to me. So, so maybe you can speak to that because it sounds like you, you've gone down that path, but the initial setup can't be that. Like, it's like, no, no, like you have to earn it. I, yeah, I have to give that to you. Where, where is that space? I mean, I think it comes back to like, you know, people showing who they are, you know, I, I do genuinely believe when someone tells you who they are to believe them now, because like <clears throat> recently I had this really pretty negative experience with a Dom. Um, he, he said it could be quite narcissistic at times. Um, he, sa- he said that to you. He did say that. And at Ooh. first I was like, um, I, I mean, I imagine everybody can be narcissistic at any one point, but now, now when I see comments like that, I'm like, okay. So that's probably something that you have noticed within yourself. Mm. So I should probably pay attention to that because I, I paid 
a real price because it got to the point, like we had three encounters and it got to the point where he was like, <laughs> I asked at one point, like, who's going to have, like, are, do you have my best interest at heart? He, goes, he laughs. He just busts out laughing. And he says, no. And I was like, what the actual fuck? And I'm, I'm a uh, very much an em- empathic person. Like I'm somebody that, is just, I feel other people's emotions. And apparently, like I've done research since then, narcissists really are attracted to empaths because there's somebody who is willing to pour themselves into yes. another person and just keep taking and taking and taking and taking until they're fucking empty. But to the, back to the point of like men talking to women, I also think that you were saying something along the lines of um, there are people that have at some point rewarded them for this behavior. Mm. And it tells me like there is a subset within the BDSM community of women who, you know, and I have seen this myself, who themselves do not know how to be treated. Yeah. Well, yep. they are willing to be take taken and treated badly because that is all they know. That is all they understand. That is what they believe BDSM to be. So how do you how do you pass that with the, the the sexual acts of being used and that being a a good thing quote unquote or a desirable thing like how do you how do you establish as the submissive like gender aside but as the submissive that is being effectively used um, how do you establish boundaries how do you establish respect how do you how do you find someone that will treat you what is it? Treat you like a princess on the streets, but uh, you know, like like how do you how do you do that? Yeah, and absolutely, a whore in the sheets. I guess. Whore in the sheets. That's um, the one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Princess on the streets, um, a whore on the sh- in the sheets. Yeah, in the sheets. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, it, it all leads from that first initial meet online to being present and being in person in front of them. There is so many steps that a woman can take to prevent a man using her in a way that is not going to be good for her. Um, Because you, a a genuinely good human being will get to know you a little bit. You know, they, they'll ask you how, you know, what do you do in your day to day? They'll ask you, what are some of your interests? What are some of your hobbies? They'll ask you like, when's your birthday? What's your favorite color? They'll ask you like, they'll get to know you as a human being first. And then they'll, they, they learn, they learn you as a person, not as a body. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, from there it's, it's talking about the things that you both mutually like. You find out what the submissive is absolutely not willing to do. Um, a dom takes into consideration that the person they meet for the first time, they can't go 110% on if they have any experience because going 110% on someone who's new to you would be insane Mm. because you don't know their pleasure levels. You don't know their pain levels. You don't know what experiences they have had. So go in with caution, you know, be safe, ask questions communicate in a way that allows for questions to be asked to me that's also really important instead of telling a sub to do something with a question mark at the end like you're gonna do it right or how does that sound does that sound fun to you those are two different questions and they they leave room for 
an answer that can be honest and open or they leave room for a submissive that feels uncomfortable and is saying yes anyway. See, you know? That that's the thing that, that I, I want to avoid because there's this the more someone submits, like as a Dom, the more someone submits, the more fun I have, right? But I want to know internally that this person is getting pleasure from submitting, that they're submitting willingly, that it's a it's like a dance that we're playing. I don't want to coerce someone into doing something that they're not quite comfortable with, but I also want to push limits. It's and I think I think what you've like as in in a good way. Um find find out find out what the where they're into, what they're up to, and then sort of work out how far we can take it. And like I think what you said before is is the communication. Be open to the open and honest communication. Be open to to them saying no or to being like, hey, like that's that sort of took me to a place I wasn't quite comfortable with. Can we explore this other area? Because there's so many different things that you can play with. And the more the the sub knows how and what they want, and the more the Dom knows themselves and how and what they want, the more they can come together and, and make something yeah. actually good. And I think that speaks to what we were saying beforehand, that the first experience or that, you know, one night stand experience isn't ever as going to be as deep or as fun because you don't have that that knowledge, that learning, right? Yeah, yeah. It, but, you know, I, there's I've, I've been scrolling through Instagram as we do, and I came across um, one woman's page in particular, and she said, like, the idea of sexy talk isn't really, like, taught to us. Like, people talking dirty is a developed skill, right? Like, hmm. but the concept of checking in with someone while having an act is important but it is not like people don't people say they don't want doms that are constantly like hey are you okay is it all right do you feel good like they don't they don't they want the dom to remain powerful hmm. right they want that power dynamic but without feeling without them having or continuing to ask like almost submissive type questions so yeah i've i've i'm right on board with you here i've 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 long pondered yeah. this cuz it's like how do you how do i maintain dominance whilst also ensuring uh safety pleasure consent without you know pause what we're doing here cuz like there's that yeah. idea of like you know you should ask for consent every so often or make sure and check in and and uh, yeah i i'm I've, yeah. I've, I've i've been pondering this this one yeah i mean i you know language is what is it it's like 70% body language 30% mm. tone and like 5% actual verbal words like if you can't look at your submissive and go you know what she looks uncomfortable maybe i should draw back a little like that that is also a no a knowledge thing but mm. also just like a humanity thing like if you look at someone's face and they look like they're in a an amount of pain that they can't handle like you're you're permanently i don't know like there is there has got to be a way that you can tell patiently but at least in words you can say things like hey does that feel good do you like what i'm doing like mm. are you enjoying the way that i'm doing x to you like there are ways to ask those questions those check-in questions without taking away from the power dynamic. And and I guess the conversation beforehand as well, if you want your Dom sub relationship to be like, once we, when we're in a scene, we're in the scene, right? Then you have to have the mm -hmm. pre-work done to ensure that 
when you're in the scene that like you know have the have the safe word have have a thing that can be said or done that does put a stop to it and unless that thing's said or done by either party we continue right but you've had to have that mm-hmm. established well and truly beforehand and it's not going to come in your first experience like that's that's a relationship dynamic that you've had to build up because yeah fair enough you might not want to be constantly checking in because it might ruin the mood for you but if that's the case do the pre-work with your partner yeah absolutely absolutely and you know i recently <clears throat> had a very good experience um one where i like this was like final like fantasy completed is like being suspended Ooh. the guy who did it um he he was he was great because he was like he asked the day before he had this short little like because this is not this is not his referral he asked the day before these like short little questions of what he wanted to, what i wanted to happen you know like do you want impact play do you want anal do you want like x y or z and within 24 hours and i was like this is amazing and then when i got there he checked to make sure that i'm still on board for the same things awesome absolutely yeah, before awesome. we even started the scene i was like you know what this is this should be like standard practice and if, you know and if you changed your mind during I'm sure that this person would have been okay with that as well. It's not like you've oh, signed like a binding, you know, non-disclosure agreement <laughs> permanent contract. It's like it's a, it's a, absolutely. It's, a, it's a play, it's a creation, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like we had discussed safe words and stuff like that, and I'm I admittedly in, in my like journey safe wording is still something that I struggle with, but regardless, he was just like I've been with enough women to know when they're not okay. Mm. You know. Um, even because most of the time to me, I've heard Dom say this and I realize, like there, to a certain extent with experience, you can say this is like, my goal is to never hear a sub say a safe word. And that's because they can tell just by looking at her, listening to her breathing, acknowledging Mm. like her presence and, and reading her body language that if she is the good kind of okay or the or the not just not okay. I, I like that. Like all needs to stop. I like that a lot. Um, I keep bringing everything that I'm I'm chatting to back to the martial arts I do, and I've, absolutely about it. I've fought. I've you know trained a lot more than I've had sex, so maybe I've got a bit more experience sure. down that path. Um, sure. But when you're rolling, when you're you stick your drunk in whoever's face. It's fine. <laughs> when you when you're rolling with someone, you get the. Um, you you read you read the person and you're listening like I'm listening to their breath and I'm feeling their muscle tension and I can tell when they're going to do something based on the physiological responses and afterwards and like and that helps me to win right obviously this is a you know this is a con- like a, a fight a conflict situation it's a different setting to to sexuality but the point is is using those same tells you know, I'm watching that person, I'm looking at their face, I'm aware of their body tension, I'm aware of their breathing, and then they'll go, <laughs> and they push, and then I can defend that move. Because I've, I've got this, this, you know, years of experience of watching those signs mean certain things are going to happen. So, so when you said, if a, a Dom's goal is to never have them, you know, tap out, never have them say their, their, their um, safe word, that sounds absolutely incredible. Obviously, they're not against them, the person doing it, but, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, I want to bring you to the limit. Yeah. Ride that line of like, you know, 
intensity pleasure to a level where you are getting as much from this experience as I am. And then if I see it tipping over one way or the other, fine. Because you might see them dropping down and you're like, oh shit, I've actually got to up the ante here because she's gotten used to, or he's gotten used to the the level of of intensity, you know, like like you get used to the intensity, you might need to go up. Oh, I I jumped up a bit too high. I'll bring it back down. It's yeah, read read the room, read your partner, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a presentness of mind and it's, to me, it's also like it, it comes back to the connection because, you know, with one night stands, you tend to be, um, I would think, you know, because I've never actually had one myself, but at least what I would think is that you're, you are in it for your pleasure. You're not necessarily thinking of like, yeah, you're going to get your partner off at the end of the day. That's what's going to happen. But like you're in to get in, get out and get gone. Right. It's like, goal directed, not relationship directed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here to I'm here to get off. And so however I get off, I'm going to accomplish that. And hopefully you have that happen with me. Um and we can make that happen together. But yeah, otherwise I'm 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 not here to be like the best sex of your life. No. There's 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 less uh there's less invested interest in that. If you think the relationship's yeah. going to continue, you're going to put on a bit of a better performance for your partner um, because you want you want it again. But if it's a one night stand, mm. it's it is all about you. Yeah, mm. yeah. So like being being mindful of of your partner, being mindful in the moment, and that's you know, I have a psychology background. Like mindfulness is something that is like newer to america but the idea is is ancient and frankly like i wish that we were forced to teach this kind of thing in school because being mindful uh, of yourself with another human being is a wonderful experience like when you when you've got that connection to them the the empathetic connection yeah absolutely because there's something about my face where people decide that they can talk to me about whatever they want. I don't, I don't understand this. I've had total strangers have complete conversations with me about things that I'm like, I now know about your grandchildren. I don't know why I know this, but I do. Um, my, my wife is exactly <laughs> like that. We'll be walking down the street and all of a sudden she's in this conversation and like the way that they talk I'll, afterwards, I'll be like, Oh, you know, who's, who's that person? Where do you know them from? And she'll be like, I just met him. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, like you just talk, like you just found out that the person has like got a terminal illness and this other person's cheated on. Like, like it's, it's, it's crazy. And it's just like right off the bat. There's something about our faces or I, I, I don't know, or maybe like they can see our third eye is more open. I, who the fuck knows? But basically like I, I've had these moments with people that um, like, it happens a lot with waiters and waitresses that are just like, I can tell that they need somebody to not be a complete asshole to them, hmm. you know? And, you know, I ask how their day is and I ask, has it busy? Has it slow? Like just someone who's taking a moment to express care or concern for another human being and just watching the way they stand even will go from having ho- shoulders that are hunched over and they're, and they look like they're having a rough day to like the shoulders a little more back. They're walking around with a smile, like just showing that you care for another person by looking at them, acknowledging what you're seeing mm. is, is something that I really enjoy in my life. And, and I do that quite often. 
I I can yeah I can I can totally relate, and and it does sound like you've got that yeah quite like like I like you said an empathetic empathetic empath empathetic personality empathic empathic yeah empathic, empathic personality yeah. um does that does that come at a, at a at a cost though as in I know myself I'm fairly thoughtful of the other um almost to the detriment of myself and maybe there's this that there's that interplay between narcissism and stuff but for me it, it came from a, a a challenging childhood where i had to be sort of hyper aware of the emotionality of the adults in my life and that sort of carried on to this this present state where i'm like very concerned about everyone else to the detriment of myself and this is both you can feel free to answer it however you like but i find it both you know in real life but also sexually it's like i'm sort of there's there's a layer to me that i have to get past where I'm like hyper concerned about the other person to the extent that it causes me to perform badly and thus not pleasure them as well. If I, but when I can sort of get out of my own way and sort of, sort of embrace the, the Dom persona or embrace the, the act and sort of be more mindful, I suppose, to bring it back to what you're saying, then I'm out of my mm -hmm. own way and we're connecting. But if I get into my head too much, it's sort of like, are you okay? And it becomes this sort of like not so fun experience. Cause wishy washy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, I definitely, like, it, it definitely comes at a pretty intense personal cost just because I, in the past, I haven't been very good at self-care. Mm. Um, and because that's, that's, I, I'm an introvert. I, I am capable of speaking to people. I used to be a teacher. So putting on Me too. an extroverted, <laughs> yeah, an extroverted exterior is just kind of part of the job. But when yep. I get home, I'm completely drained. Yep. But when I, when I was teaching, I wasn't doing anything that helped me recharge my batteries. Mm -hmm. Like I would sit down to grade for like three hours and then I would maybe scrounge up some dinner and then I'd have like a 15 minute shower and then I'd be in bed. When in reality, there are things that I could have done that would have made my life easier and I would have had more energy if I had done them, you know, like waking up a little bit earlier and taking a walk. That mm -hmm. would have probably been something that I really would have benefited from or reading a book before bed. I love to read. But during that time period, I didn't read anything. I, I, I was like, I don't have time. You're describing time. basically my exact experience as a teacher. I, um, yeah. I taught for five years and then just did sort of replacement teaching as I was transitioning into other stuff. And it was just, yeah, I felt run off my feet. I had, I felt like I had to be on, you know, performing for, for the students, not in a, like a performance way, but yeah, put up, put on the teaching persona, like an act yeah. and like all day, every day. And then like you're in the staff room talking to the other teachers and it's like, I just felt like there was not much time left to recoup, to recover. And had have I, had I known myself more, I might've instilled those things like the walk, like the reading, like you're, you're saying everything that I felt and should have done. It's, it's, it's trippy almost. Yeah. I, you just don't get me on the topic of like education. Cause I could go on for like an hour and a half. So like ask your next question. All please. right. Well, that's a good, we're going to do an awkward transition into something completely different. Yeah, that you've said, no, no, don't, don't be sorry. We, I like to, to hang a lantern, <laughs> like a writing technique when something is obvious is known as hanging a lantern on it, right? So if something seems odd, you yeah. get a character to say how odd it is, and that sort of reduces the oddness because that's like, oh, our character's doing it. So awkward transition yeah. into something right now. Um, okay. <laughs> you said to me um, in one of your messages, kink feels like church. And you, you mentioned something about the serenity that pain can bring. And and that to me, um, 
there, there's a lot to unpack there, but maybe you could um, uh, discuss on that topic because I like this idea of serenity that pain can bring. It, it reminds me of a book, um, The Wheel of Time series, where a the Aiel, like this sort of tribal people, give themselves over to pain when they're it's a fantasy series like when they're being tortured they just sort of surrender to it and embrace it and they, they let themselves like scream and it sort of they still feel the pain but they sort of process it i don't know there was this sort of um it was evoking all of these uh this these different sort of um concepts to me so yeah kink feels like church serenity pain can bring like talk on that please okay all right so there's two points and it's just so you can help me remember right one is one is historical and one is biological okay so I'm going to go with the historical first. Like in high school, we learned in the 1500s that there were, you know, Catholic priests that would wander around town flat, like flogging themselves. Oh yeah. The self-flagellation like, guys. Yeah. 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 The flagellates. And you're just like, Oh, I've been thinking about it since last night. Since I told you that I was like, are these the original like exhibitionists? <laughs> like they were getting off on this. Like, think about it. Like these dudes weren't allowed to marry. They were going like, to go exhibitionists and getting off and being flogged in public. Like that's come on. Like that's not that far of a reach. <laughs> <laughs> I like, you know, and it's not that they were, do, do you want to know more on this as well? Like maybe tell me if I'm, I'm, I'm telling you something on this one, but during the, the, the black death, right. Those guys would mm-hmm. go around from te- this. This is what they did. They went from town to town, self-flagellating, like blood yeah, play, yeah. right? Yeah, and yeah. the people watching, like the people, would just stare and watch this <laughs> this paid exhibition yeah. show, and they would come up, yeah. touch a cloth or their bare hands to the wounds, and rub that yeah. in their eyes as a form of like connection and prayer during the Black Death. Right, during- oh, that sounds like a really bad idea. Yeah, you think so? You wonder why <laughs> it, it just spread through. So, like, you know, compare that to the modern pandemic and people acting in certain <laughs> stupid ways. And it's like, wait, dude, we've got a history of absolute stupidity when it comes to this. So, um, <laughs> um, obviously, they didn't have the education we did now um, back then. Like, they thought that you know the way that the textbook described it, or the um, you know, the the information was describing it was they thought that it was like you know they're they're being blessed or they're you know embracing the you know the blood of divinity or whatever through these guys self-flagellation but yeah just just yeah. just picture that you're going through your town and this you know 20 to 50 men because they're all men right like just walking yeah. along just, just just whipping themselves into bleeding and, then and they're just- not old they're like in between 18 to 35 because nobody lived longer than 35 yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, like that was that was like prime age. It's just like a bunch of dudes. Okay, so so so, so you've looked at this historical precedent of um, self-flagellating men walking through towns in the Middle Ages, and that gave you what? Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, to me, like, okay, so like, I am not Catholic. I did not grow up Catholic. I grew up Episcopalian, but they Catholics have told me that Episcopalians are like Catholic lights, right? Like Catholic. Lights. Catholic light l-i-t-e you know like it's the light version of Catholicism. so like um because we still we still do the eucharist we just don't do the like confessing in a box you know like that's just this one step too far um so like basically i just got another image like christ on the cross like kink has a lot of crosses in it like just the imagery is very kinky i think it went back the other way if like yeah. like I actually think that one's the reverse, as in due to the proliferation of the cross, it's become this 
you know, like modern kink might have flipped back and sort of used that. So I think that might have been the opposite yeah. way, if that makes sense. Sure, sure, sure. It's inspirational in a sense. Like it inspired this this thing that well, people do. Well, there's now. also that like like we're sort of diverting. We'll, we'll bring it back, but like you know, like yeah. people get off on the 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 um the taboo right like you know priests and nuns oh, yeah. and stuff that's a very taboo thing but if you spend a few minutes online you see a lot of porn down that path and a lot of a lot of kinks you know i was gonna say something like that too the, the teacher the teacher kink like the nurse the cop like there's all of these like authority figures um that that it's like they're idolized and it's this taboo thing but it's like oh you know like like and you go down like it's even you know down the the the, the stepsister and brother stuff like it gets it gets can get quite dark depending on which path <laughs> you did the vomit reaction um <laughs> um i i um i can see that people tend to i don't know like i saw a study about the united states um i love the it's the porn hub um they release the top searches and it always seems to correlate that in the southern states they're after they're looking into a lot of um colored and a lot of gay porn and it's like there's like this sort of repression play that it seems like the fact that those states seem to be so against it and yet they're so into it in private there's something there right absolutely and the thing is, is like i am in the south like texas is part of the south <laughs> and what's crazy is like if i get on Pornhub, the first like 10 results are all like yeah, it's either uh, you know, uh, biracial or gay or this is the one honestly this is the one that it is it is fucking with me. Like they are not actually step siblings, but it will be, you know, like my no, they'll be step no. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, they're not biologically related, whichever that one is. Yeah. But the concept of like fucking your family is is just proliferated on on that on Pornhub of my area, and I'm just like, what the? F like evolutionarily, this should not be something that we want to do, but it is just fucking everywhere. No, no, but, but and what's but funny is if you talk evolution, right? You don't want to do the yeah. the directly super close, but it's people in your very small tribe, like right? Second and third cousins. Yes, because yeah, because yeah, like, yeah, yeah. the, the external is dangerous. If you have a tribe of like, you know, a hundred to a thousand people, everyone external to that is dangerous. So you, your, your choice couples might not be your biological sibling, but it might be your third, second or third cousin just over, you know? Yeah. In, but in that's, that's the, that's the porn that they want is like you fucking your brother mm. or you fucking your sister and, or some shit like that. And just like, Oh, that's so gross. And what's funny is my best friend is a black guy. He's like, I watch the fuck out of that stuff. And I'm like, why? He's like, because black people don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I don't, it's hard because I don't want to like shame anyone. Like I'm, I'm all for as long as it's legal, right? And informed and uh, informed, enthusiastic consent, all for it. Um, the, yeah. the, the the question that I get is when you're watching something that is legal, but it's catering to an illegal behavior, right? So when you when there's sort of oh, like yeah. when there's sort of like legal actresses and actors, but it's an age play thing, or you know, in in what we're describing here, when it's like they're not actually related. Well, sometimes they are, but you know, when they're not actually related, but they're like, we don't know. Yeah, don't, yeah. But so, so it's like, I'm not sure on my, I don't, I haven't thought about it enough to draw a stance on how I feel about that because it's like, are they encouraging behaviors that will cause real world trauma or are they allowing release for things so that real world trauma isn't caused? Or is it like, there's, there's probably many more variables. It's like the, the video game violence sort of thing. Does video, violent video games provide an outlet? 
or are they teaching or is it maybe they're providing an outlet for you know 99% of people but that 1% of people that might need you know medication and stuff or might be in a bit of a bad place that might need some therapy maybe that's encouraging them down a path so I don't know how I sit on all of that Um, I mean being in the United States we know like a lot of the shootings these kids are playing like the super violent video games at home and nobody's watching them like yeah it's probably it's uh, it's probably a connection of multiple multiple things all crashing together oh yeah for sure for sure, but, but it, like if you if you apply that to the porn, it's like mm, oh, I don't, mm. I don't oh, it doesn't. I'm not, yeah, I'm not a hundred percent comfortable. I'd love to talk to your to your friend or like people that are into like that would be open and to to discussing that that are like, hey, you know, I watch the uh, step sister step brother thing. Um, this is this is why this is what gets me off on it. Like, like I don't know I've got this like weird curiosity, and this is part of the podcast. Of course. You know, of I've course, got, it's like it's like what? Okay, you're into that? Cool. Like, tell me, just share. Like, like we said at the start of the conversation, yeah. just tell me, tell me why. What's going on? Like, what? Yeah, you know, fair enough, right? I mean, for him, for for him, he tells me it's like white people are willing to do this. Like, it it doesn't really happen in black communities, and it's because of the fact that it doesn't happen in my own community that he enjoys watching it. He's Does like, it, hang on, hang on a second, hang on, pause for a second. <laughs> Does it happen in white communities? Like, what? Or is it just a, I mean, a, a a fictional representation of what might happen? I mean, I'm sure it does. It, I'm sure it do, sadly does happen. But do you sort of see what yeah, I'm saying? Like, like, is it- yeah, like I'm sure you've heard the term hillbilly, right? Like yep. those are people from Kentucky and Tennessee, and they are <laughs> um, they are definitely there's that definite like sub uh, what would you call it stereotype of like oh you fucked your sister so now you have a sister mother okay. I'll- Okay, and your grandpa is somehow also your brother. Like, is that? I never know. It's a thing. It I is never a thing. Know what like American cliches? Like, doing this podcast is great because I'm actually chatting to Americans. Like, I'm in Australia, um, and and it feels like a lot of our culture is sort of the offcasts or secondhand or like the like we look at America and be like, okay, some of what you're doing is pretty cool and we want to emulate, and the other stuff. That's we why don't- you have possums. <laughs> We don't. Seriously, you you got you got the word possum from a Native American word. You have a possum, and we have a possum. They're two different things. Really? What's your possum? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Google it. I'm going to know. <laughs> it's an animal. It's an animal. It's still a possum, but they're different. Anyway. <laughs> the this I find is that, ADHD like, rampant. That's okay. what, hey, hey. This is what I've realized is, is like, like I have, I have the capacity to have like five conversations at once. And then as long as we just tie them all up, the people listening will be like, hang yeah, on, yeah, yeah. never finish the thing. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to bring you back to the historical and biological. So we're, we're coming back to it. Okay. Um, so okay. we can, we can ADHD off any, any direction we like, but it's just like from, from an Australian perspective, we see, or at least I see like this sort of what I'm imagining is hyper sensationalized sort of like we don't see the whole perspective. So like we hear that there are American hillbillies that might be, you know, playing in the way that you say they're playing, but it's like, is that how, you know, like, is that just like, like one or two stories that you hear with such a big country, you know, surely some people are doing it. Or oh. is this like a, is this like a significant minority of people, you know? You know, I can't say the significance, but th- there's enough of a minority that everybody knows about it. Ha- you okay, know what I mean? Have you met one? Have you met someone that has been like, yeah, my sister, my brother, mwah. French okay, it, no. chef's kiss. Okay, so I wouldn't, I didn't ask them, right? But there are some people that you look at and you're like, are you inbred? Because you look inbred. Oh, like no. something went wrong in that genetic gene pool. Like there is, 
like the eyes are too far apart, like the teeth are just just is unpleasant. And uh yeah, no. I mean just, you know, to like thinking about current culture, right? Like all these these truly taboo um kinks and you know, not to kink shame, but age play is one that I particularly struggle with because say recently with Roe v. Wade, right? In Michigan, there was a little girl that was raped. They denied her the ability to have an abortion. Mm. And to me, I'm just like, and if I recall, there was an element of incest. I might be wrong. Don't fact check. You can fact check, whatever. But like this 10 year old girl is being forced to have a child of her own. And to me, I'm just like, there that's that's not the first case it's not there have been plenty of children that have been raped by their grandfathers having siblings who have been raped by their grandfathers like rape and incest is a huge part of why roe v way was around Mm. is because family members were doing things to other family members my own husband is a victim of familial incest Mm. so like it it's to me it's it, it just touches too close to those ideals for me to be comfortable with. See, I, I can I can very much empathise with what you're saying, but then I want to I want to bring it to something that you like. You're you're, you're keen on, for example, um, impact play, right? Yeah. Whereas some people spankings, spankings, yeah, that 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 have been the, yeah. the 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 victims of domestic abuse might look at that and being like, but like you're like you know I've I've suffered this you know beatings i've suffered these you know i've suffered the the negativity of this but you're doing it for pleasure like you actually you're actually wanting this i this is this is why i i struggle to like sort of form the opinions on this other than informed enthusiastic consent right like you know make sure you're an adult make sure everyone's keen and and informed you know all of legal age and you know non non disabled um when you when it becomes to sort of intoxication, I've got that sort of. There's a bit of a question mark there, like you know, there's a still bit, a presence of mind, a yeah. presence of mind. So it's like informed, enthusiastic, yeah. legal consent, and legal's a hard one because I, I had a bit of pushback online. Be people basically from America saying, well, you know, like in some states, you know, some basic behaviors are considered illegal, or you know, in some countries, you know, certain people doing things with certain people, like you know, guys and guys together, in in some places will be considered illegal. Uh, so Texas, le- yeah. So legality, I'm not. That's sort of like a. They're trying a, like, to make sodomy illegal here. So this, this is like, what I mean. So so it's like I, I yeah. struggle to like sort of pass the legality thing, but like I, I view like of age, um, mentally cognizant, somewhat sober, but informed, enthusiastic consent. Because because you're right. Like there is that that interplay between sort of age play and incest play that has you know the 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 dark side of that, the real world side of that is fucking disgusting, and I've been a victim of it too. But then I can't help but look at the other aspects of BDSM and kink community that other people are completely okay with. Like we were talking about, um, you know, the use of the cross and like, we're going to get back to the, uh, the historical thing. And I'm sure that um, being it, being from, from Texas with the religious stuff would people would look at that and be like, you know, like you're, you're, you're blaspheming against something that's like even, oh, you know, even beyond, you know, I would have had a Bible thrown at me. I well, would this, have had a Bible thrown this, at me. This is it. So it's like what, what people do in the comforts of their own home, informed enthusiastic consent, all of that stuff. I have like, I have to draw the line there as long as it's not, um, 
and I don't know the science, I don't know the studies. And this is the same thing with the, with the video games and with all of this sort of stuff. It's like, as long as, as long as people are, are getting the informed, enthusiastic consent, play however you like, but make sure it stays play, make sure it stays. This is why, this is part of the reason why for this conversation, this, the whole point of this podcast is to, is to be like, well, Hey, you're into this, but not into that. Let's discuss. Oh, Hey, you've had this experience that was good. And this is like fucking incredible. This was bad. I, I don't know. It's an interesting, it's an interesting space. And it's, it's very, it's like a fill full of landmines, right? Absolutely. And in like, that kind of speaks to, you know, what I've been going through recently, because like, I myself am a victim of rape. So part of my journey in recently within BDSM is like healing some of those hurts and having doms who are aware of exactly what my triggers are, mm. who are aware of um, things that are absolutely hard nose and should never happen in my presence kind of thing. Like it's it having that awareness, having someone who cares enough who is kind enough, who is open enough to allowing me to have the space to communicate it, one, has been an incredibly healing experience. Mm, mm. Um, and then, you know, like how, you know, at the same time, I'm also like the what had happened during those instances. Um, there were certain things that I couldn't do that I, re I receive a lot of pleasure from. So now we're working through like me being able to do the things that I used to love to do, anal specifically. Um, I, 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 at one point I didn't, I, it's something I like doing, mm. but in the past I've been hesitant to do it because it scares me and immediately makes my heart start racing because that was part of that assault, you mm. know? So working through some of that emotional blockage and, the, like trying to relearn something that causes me pleasure has been a very, again, eye-opening experience. There's an interesting space there. Um, the more I have these discussions, the more I'm realizing that a lot of people are getting healing um, or growth from BDSM um, because it is a way to explore limits. And, you know, that's, I bring it back to my martial arts, right? We're, we're fighting, you know, there's a lot of vulnerability and going both ways. If you're winning, there's this sort of like power trip. And if you're losing, there's like the reverse of that. And it's therapeutic um, because you're putting yourself into situations with people you trust, right? To, to, to push those limits. And it's helping me to overcome my own traumas, right? And the same thing sexually going both ways. If you're, if you're um, dominating another person or submitting to another person, you're playing in, in a space that can help heal. Um, and you know, I, I can state that personally, that that's sort of true for me and what I've seen in my, in my experience with myself and with others. And like, you're saying this and I've spoken to other people as well. There's, there's, there's a healing aspect to it because you are able to sort of like systematically, I suppose, desensitize or, or re reconnect. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's taking, it's taking that past traumatic experience and stripping it of all the things that I had wrapped around it that were negative and dark and, and, um, just, just heavy, you know, emotionally mm. heavy and systematically desensitizing, like you said, 
desensitizing myself to that that pain and coming back to doing something that I I really enjoy. Um, it's, it, it, in that in that vulnerability, being safe with the dom who is allowing me to be that vulnerable, who is who has allowed me to cry and be open with them during those instances has been one of the best experiences. Well, that's the definition of a, a safe space, right? It's the, the yeah. quote, same event or action, like you, you said, anal, right? But it's it's a completely yeah. different context with a completely different person and the, the, the desired sort of goals on your, like, you're like, it's, 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 it's a therapy because you're sort of working yourself through the, through the thing, the, you know, the bad thing to reclaim something that was good for you, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. See, I wonder if, like, you know, like like you were describing, like like impact play, yes, age play, no, for you, but for other people, yeah, for me personally, yeah, yeah, for other people, it will be the reverse, and I can't I can't help but yeah. imagine that a percentage, not I'm not saying the majority, but like a small percentage of the age play people will be reclaiming aspects of their past in a way that's in the same way that you're, you're reclaiming this as well. And this is, this is part of the reason why I struggle with um, like, I will never, you know, as long as it's, you know, like I said, informed, enthusiastic consent, it's like, do, do what you want to do. Like I'm, I'm not that big on feet, but if feet get you off, like, fuck, like do whatever you like to those things. Go for it. You know? Yeah. Like it's, yeah. Um, it's just, it's just, just lick a- in between those toes. <laughs> get that tongue in there. Blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> what? It, but it's like, it's like, it's easy to, I feel like everyone, I had a conversation with someone, it was like everyone's kinky in their own way. Not everyone, but seemingly everyone, right? Yeah. But it's just, that yeah. sort of becomes your normal. And then it's like, you look at the other person doing those quote weird toe things or whatever, you know, whatever weird thing they're doing and you judge yeah. them. But like, they're looking at you or someone else is looking at both of you, you know, like it's, it's everyone can judge everyone. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's step outside I, yourself. I have two and, things to say about that. Yeah. Um, go for it. One I was informed recently that due to where the pleasure centers are in your brain and the nerves that like control feet mm. are so close together oh, really? in your brain, there's a lot of potential for cross fires or cross, you know, uh, uh, connections between those regions in your brain. And so mm-hmm. that's why foot fetish is like one of the number one fetishes is because mm. like it's so close like, that, like, like circuitry the, wise, yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 part of the brain, the um, the cortex of the brain that has the feet is right next yeah. to the cortex of the brain that has genitals. Maybe yeah. is that sort of what we're talking? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I get you. Look, I I can relate to that. Like, um, I feel like I'm going to keep exposing little aspects of my own sexuality within this podcast. So it's over time. Someone could do a, a super cut of myself. Um, <laughs> as a side note, there will be at some stage I'm going to do a benefit for the um a, a Patreon supporter benefit that will allow someone to interview me so they can go, they can pull all of this shit out of me. But <laughs> on the, um, on the thing, it's like, there's something pleasurable about just a barefoot, just on, just, just being placed onto a person's body in different areas. I find that like, yeah. not like just, just my, my barefoot, just on your body, on your boobs, on sure. your butt, on different areas, just, just resting it I there. mean, that's a power move too. Not, not, not at all from a power perspective. Like this is just purely, okay, okay. purely physical. Like I'm not talking like I'm resting my foot on your head because I own you. I mean, like, please, sure. please grant me the ability to, to put my, you know, cause it's like, it's, 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 I find feet icky, but I also enjoy the feeling of my, <laughs> the palm of my foot being placed onto different areas. Cause it feels nice. 
<laughs> sure, sure. It's warm. It's squishy. It's, it's warm. It's squishy. Maybe it's gooey. I don't know. There's something there. Like the shoes I wear are called barefoot shoes. So it's like I get more tactile sensations um, from the yeah. ground. So maybe maybe yeah. there's some, something going on that I should explore. Well, I mean, there are a lot of nerve endings in your feet, so it kind of makes sense. This is the thing, but like, like I don't, I don't want you to, um, I don't want to be like looking at feet. I don't want to be touching other people's feet. Like, it's purely a selfish, um, uh, like, yeah, like, yeah. I need to find someone to worship my feet. That's the, um, that's the. Uh, but I don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't make me do anything with yours. Mm. <laughs> Mm. Not, not for the look of them no. though. Like you don't, I don't want you to look at them. No. The room can be completely dark. It's purely tactile. <laughs> just rub in. <laughs> just, 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 just put it somewhere, and I can guess what what it's touching. We'll play it. We'll play a guessing game. <laughs> is it your? Is it your thigh? Is it your hips? Oh, oh, that's your calf. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling, I'm feeling, um, I'm feeling some some wetness here. What aspect of the body is making this? Anyway. Um, <laughs> With that said, let's bring it back to the historical uh, precedent for um for fl- self flagellation with the uh, with the Catholic okay. priests. <laughs> I mean, for me, my family. I grew up in a very like historically minded family. Like the History Channel, is something that we always had on, right? Nice. And like, you think about like some of the truly kinky torture devices that they had. Like, oh, yeah, and you- how we still use them today. Like, what is it? The the cross horse thing? Like, sit on that? You know, yep. like, I just, just, like, people being bound is, is such a power move. You know what I mean? Mm. And, um, like, you, the church was something that was always, has always been there, especially when it comes to, like, uh, the hierarchy of, a town or a city or whatever they're involved with the monarchy right like they're involved with the highest people of the land yes and so like they have this control over people this authority over people inherently and me as a psych person right um i I think about one of my favorite studies um that i like to tell people about is just the power of authority and they're now don't don't I'm I'm not one to remember exact details, but basically the study went like this. So there's someone in the room. There's a switchboard in front of them. There is a second person in the room, and all they have on is a lab coat, and they have a clipboard, right? They tell the, uh, the person with the lab coat tells the person at the switchboard to ask questions of a person that is seemingly in the room directly opposite of them, right? They're on the other side of the wall. Okay, so when they ask a question and they get the answer incorrect, they're supposed to shock them in increasingly higher voltages. So, like, these these participants in the beginning, it wasn't so hard because the voltages didn't seem that bad. The person that the, the person, quote, that was yelling on the other side of the room was uncomfortable, but not in agony. But when it started to get to the point that people heard real genuine pain they would start asking the person with the clipboard hey should i stop and the person with the clipboard said no the experiment must continue keep going and 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 the and the person who was actively shocking this other person in the room would continue to increase the voltage until literally lethal levels and at one point they get to a question the participant in the other room goes dead silent 
Like there's no more responses. Now, mind you, there is no other person in the other room. It's all recorded. Mm. Right. But it's to see what happens to the person administering the shocks and just how powerful a white lab coat, which gives the appearance of authority has over people. Yes. And you think about just, it's a white lab coat and a clipboard. That's all it took for some Joe Schmo to be like, oh, you have authority, so now I have to listen to you. So Catholic Church, right? You're in a red robe and you got a fancy hat on and you're telling me to do something you're that speaking sounds with the really of horrible. They, they, yeah. it's, it's not just a white lab coat that's that's implying the um the like it's a scientific doctor based. It's like, no, like I I speak with the authority of the literal creator of the universe and I'm telling you to do something. Yeah, you are not allowed to go against me. Mm. And so there's that there's that ultimate power play there. And I feel like, you know, me being in a this super religious conservative state in the United States, I'm just like you, you wield the word of God to rule every aspect of your life and yet you do some of the worst things in his name, you know? Mm. Like, I just, I I think about the Crusades as well. God told me that I need to invade other peoples because the way they, they practice their religion is incorrect. So I am going to take what they have because that is my God-given right, you know? So for, for me, it, it all comes back to authority. So, so, so can you, can you bring that back to the, the um how kink feels like church is it the the fact that like in that same space the the dom has the authority and it's like you're you're sort of like we so maybe seemingly as humans we are sort of geared towards consenting or submitting to an authority figure and you know you you can you can find that release in the bedroom when someone is correctly or inappropriately or you know, can embody that dominant. It sort of it sort of pulls that out of you, and you sort of get into that 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 space that we all seem to um, get into. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I I feel like you know I'm someone who I have control of my life at all times, every second of every minute, every day, and sometimes I don't want that control. Mm. I I I want to be able to shirk all responsibilities for just a little while. To be able to put down every weight that I have, like thinking about work, thinking about school, thinking about the crushing student loan debt, you know, like thinking about what the fuck is for dinner. And I want to be able to step aside from it with someone that I, I can trust, that someone I can um, feel safe with, and someone that will take me into a subspace safely and take me out safely because that subspace is to me like it 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 is so serene it's like this that image of just like miles and miles of water and miles and miles of clouds and it's just absolute peace because it's like i've taken my body physically to a point of pain that all those endorphins are going. It's like people getting tattoos. Mm. There is that point when you're getting a tattoo where your body gives you that juice that's like, hey, I'm I'm going to let you not feel this for a little while. And that's part of the reason why people get tattoos is because they like that rush, you know. 
Um, so, so for me, those, those chemicals as a biological person as well, I mean, I minored in biology. I know that your body can only receive so much pain before your brain's like, Hey buddy, I'm going to help you out Mm. and I'm going to make this feel really good. Um, and I mean, runners can say the same thing. That's runner's high. They push through their own physical pain to get to that high. So for me, it's, it's a nirvana like experience. It's where everything is quiet. Everything, my, the normal racing of my mind isn't present anymore. I have ADHD and so my mind is just always on. And to be able to get into subspace, it's, it's just, it's like being in this perfect little dark cocoon where everything is quiet and warm and, and nobody can hurt you, you know? Like, I like it's I like so the juxtap- wonderful to feel. Position there. It's like, you, no one can hurt you. And yet mm-hmm. you attain I've this. I've been beaten. Yeah, beaten. You, atta- you attain this from, <laughs> from pain, right? There's, there's something to be said about that. Um, I think, I, I almost feel like, I'm so curious about like the subspace, dom space. I feel like there's this, like once again, martial arts community, we talk about this idea of getting into the flow or the zone, like it's a sporting term, right? Yeah. And I like yeah. the way you describe that feels very similar. Like I've, I'm going to go train after this interview and then I've got work later on, right? Ooh. And when I go, when I go train, when I'm sort of, not when I'm learning the skills, but when I'm doing it, when I'm fighting a person, there's this everything just disappears. It's me versus them. It's this moment. Yeah, I feel pain, but it's like, mm-hmm. it's not, it's contextual to the experience. And it's sort of like the whole world just disappears. And it's just right now in this moment, the world shuts up for a moment for, for this point of time. And then for the next hour or the next day, I go outside, the colors seem brighter. It's like the same, the same sun's shining, the same traffic lights are uh, uh, blaring or whatever, but it's like, I'm not annoyed by little things anymore. The, you know, the, the little annoyances become beauties. The, the things seem more crisp. It's like the, the problems fall away. And it's like, that's why I keep coming back. It's this addiction to like, to that, that feeling. I don't know. Does that, does that sort of correlate with what you're describing from a subspace perspective? Oh yeah. Because like, even, even, you know, uh, because I, with with my ADHD, I have a lot of like uh, I have a sensation like disorder, right? It everything like even certain shirt materials I can't do, but when I'm in subspace, the feel of a fan against my skin, how cool that is, is like it feels. Like wa- being in water, and to me, water is my happy place. Being in running water is my happy place, besides subspace. <laughs> um, but it 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 it's just it feels like it's just so comforting, and it's so cool, and it feels just blissful. It's funny because you're describing things that don't feel sexual, right? Like the way that no. you describe it's like it's, it's an interesting thing because it's like. You think of, I don't know, the cliche, the the stereotype of BDSM, of kink, of spankings, of all of this sort of play, there's this sort of shameful perversion that society seems to put on it. But then it goes like, are you just wanting like sort of rough sex for sexual pleasure? Like, you know, to either give or receive. And like, there is that. But like what you're describing and that seemingly like the, the goal of like your play isn't for the 
the orgasm. It's not for like the the the. It is, but it's. Do you know what I mean? It's not. It's not as yeah, well. Yeah, it, that's part of the journey. That's not it, the destination. It, it, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and it's sort of like it's like it's 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 this this. It's an interesting thing to discover that it's not even about coming. Like coming's a part of it, but like it's also like yeah the whole the whole journey. And then like if you end up at subspace, if you end up in this sort of like. I don't know, like this, this mindfulness, this sort of empty mind, this total presentness, this, this, um, I don't know, maybe like the anxiety falls away, whatever, however you describe it. Yeah. Like that, that's not necessarily sexual. It's, it just, it's an isness and you just happen to have yeah. found it through impact play. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I just, um, you know, it, it, it inherently, I recently my dom told me that BDSM there's some people who would argue that they don't want anything to do with sex at all hmm. that the acts in and of itself are inherently non-sexual so if you think about it like for sadomasochism you don't have to include you can include the genitals but like the the achievement coming is not the mission it's hmm. the achievement of subspace. Yes. Getting that, yeah. Mm. Um, because that that is where, and dom space in the in the reverse. Because even the dom gets something out of it. The dom gets that sense of over. I, I, you know, that's inside of myself that I'm exploring is my dom a side. But you know, I've recently kind of experienced that rush of of taking control of someone, taking off their responsibilities off their shoulders and being like, Hey, I'm going to get you through this. You're going to experience a lot, mm. but you're going to feel really good through the process. But it doesn't have to be sexual. It doesn't have to, yeah, it doesn't have to involve the genitals. It doesn't have to involve orgasm. No. That, there's an interesting thing that, that this is, this is really sort of piqued my interest here because it's, it's, it's sort of like you can use sort of pain as pleasure to lead to orgasm. Right, like you know, you're, oh, you're 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 in the um you're in the process of sex, and you might use like a dominant voice or a command or like a spank or like some sort of play here, but 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 there's that's that's like an enhancement of like vanilla sex, effectively, right? Like so, it's sort of like you've you, you sort of do it. You've got your vanilla vanilla sex play, like and call that what you will, and then you're adding these aspects to to enhance that. But what you're sort of describing now is a a, a separate activity, almost, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Is that is that sort of yeah, absolutely, absolutely, because like there there are think about asexual people. They can still be actively involved in the BDSM community, but they are asexual. They hmm. don't want to experience that side. Yeah, it's not something that they enjoy. Um, so for them, they can experience dominance, being told what to do. Maybe they're extremely service sub oriented. Hmm. You know, they they mentally get off being accessible to their dom. You know that there are people that can get off without ever being physically touched. Mm. So, so it depends on the person's sexuality and what they want within their own experience. For me personally, I, I don't even necessarily, the pleasure and the pain go together. I, I'm not a pain slut by any means, but I know there are people that can come just from experiencing pain. 
Mm. They learn to associate that in their brain. So for me, it, there's just a world of humanness in, in the BDSM experience. It's 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 quite amazing, and there's there's a lot to explore here. I'm 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 noticing we're coming up on time, so I don't want to um I don't want to <laughs> take you for too long. Um, but maybe we can um chat again at some stage and sort of dig into this sort of human humanistic experience and sort of go down this path because there's there's a curiosity I have here. Um, but I just want to I want to give you the opportunity to sort of come back to anything that we've discussed or to um to to address certain things that you may you may feel we sort of deviated from and didn't get a chance to close the box on um i mean overall like i feel like i've said a thousand things and i've said nothing at the same time uh, <laughs> well that, that, that's why i feel like we could we could have another conversation because we're, we're, we're going we're, we're opening yeah. up a lot of boxes that um maybe we, like when i when i go through and do the editing of this one i can check it out and sort of come back with some more more specific probing questions because this idea of um BDSM, like non-sexual, non non sort of um, not non-penetrative, non-genital, non-sexual, non-orgasmic BDSM players, is something that makes a lot of sense to me now that you've mentioned it. But I've not like it, it's sort of like a it feels like things have clicked into into place a little bit that we're we're talking about almost two separate things right now. Mm-hmm. And that, okay, yeah, absolutely. That that to me is a, a curiosity. I mean, it makes sense. Like I, I, you know. Have you ever watched the show um, Bonding on Netflix? No, Bonding. It's actually yeah, it's it's really good. Um, it's definitely it's about a, uh, a grad student who's trying to become a psychiatrist, um, and she is a professional dame. And like, there's this guy who likes to dress up like a penguin, and that's his thing. He he wants to dress like a penguin and that's how he gets off like there there are people who get off by popping balloons to me the most innocent kink of all time that that right there it's a freaking balloon it's a what harm are you doing no harm zero harm like and the cheapest is the cheapest kink <laughs> balloons cost like 97 cents for a bag of 100 of them like it yet there's also people who are in love with their cars. Okay, have yourself a grand old time in that. I don't, I don't really know how you fuck a car. That's I would really like to know more, but at the same time, I would not because like, would it give you cancer? Yeah, right, right. It's gonna be like you might even fucking an exhaust pipe. Like you can stick like a flashlight in there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this this is part of the um part of the reason for this podcast is to explore. All of that, because it's like, from the external perspective, we only have cliches. We we have question marks, and every discussion that I have with people, like like what 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 I've uncovered here is this idea of this like subspace as a separate thing, you know, can be separate to the orgasm space, and that you know, it's like every time I d- I discover something, so it's like you know, if you're into your car or if you're into your balloon and you want to jump on the podcast, like let's do it because like it's, yeah. it's it's you know, I, I want the um. I want to understand. I know. I, I want to. I want to discover just just depth of, of humanity. I don't know if this is a kink of mine. Maybe it is um, beyond the um, the weird foot thing. Um, <laughs> but um, it's 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 um, understanding um, understanding what other people get off on. You know, like yeah. like you know, like and, and understanding the psychology of it. Like we. 
just just what you said, like kink feels like church and you can find serenity, the serenity that pain can bring. Like that's that's an amazing um that's an amazing concept of like like the the release of pain, like the 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 release of your mind through physical pain and like sort of the the connection to exercise to you know, like the runner's high, like you said, all of that yeah. sort of stuff. There's something there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, maybe next time we can go at it from a more biological perspective. But um hmm. There. What, what do you mean by the biological? Do you just do you mean like the the endorphin release, like you said? Yeah, I mean that's definitely part of it. But like you know, I'm thinking about <clears throat> the last time that I experienced subspace. I kept telling myself like I've experienced pain worse than this, hmm. and that's how I kept getting farther and farther into subspace. Oh, really? Like okay. I I I have personally taken more pain than this and i know exactly what point that i can no longer take it like isn't I, that isn't that funny like your 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 introspective abilities and your knowledge of yourself allows you to go deeper because it's like no I, i've done more than this like i've been here before this is not it even though it hurts even though i'm at this it's like no i've got this much more yeah yeah and i imagine wow. like that has to be somewhat similar to what you experience whenever you're doing jujitsu just because like you say okay yeah that that hit hurt but i have to mm. keep going like 100% like that's one of the strategies you use you you train harder than you'll experience in the fight because you know like if if you know it's like well i've 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 you know 3 weeks ago my training partner did this to me but far worse what can you possibly do to me and obviously that's a combative mm-hmm. attitude um it's it's sort of like apply that to the the sexual attitude but it's like yeah like i've i've you know like from a from a BDSM perspective i've felt this pain before I felt mm-hmm. far more like let's keep going. And if you know your limits, like knowing your own limits, I, I'm, I'm convinced that introspective knowledge is the key, is a key to happiness. You know, know yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, and what was crazy is like in that in in those moments of me, you know, making my way towards that subspace, I was like, okay, not only have I experienced this pain at a physical level compared to emotional pain this is nothing hmm this is something that i can handle because it is only physical it will only last so long so it's almost like using physical pain as a way to heal from emotional pain yeah absolutely hmm absolutely i like, I like that a lot because it's it's yeah you, you can't think about two things at once when there's an extreme yeah. feeling coming in right if you're if you're in a lot of physical pain you're not thinking about fucking anything else are you no, 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 at all. Like, I, it is so nice. It is like I have no weight on my shoulders right now, and I can just take what is present, what is here, right now. I think I think that's a great a great place to end the conversation. I'm um, just being in the moment, dealing with the uh, the sharp sting. Just just as a, a little a little little oh, down dragon tail. Just yeah, boom, I was gonna say, is, right is, it, is it a hand? Is the ideal thing a hand? Is it a what's the implement? Lead us out with some. I mean, for me, other. it's a flogger. I'm I'm a, I'm a sucker for a flogger. It's hands down, right there. Flog, a flogger, like a. Uh, are we talking like a? Um, is it just a, a flat flogger? Is there any tassels? You no, know, the ones with like all the tassels. Yeah, it's like Ooh. the longer the better. I mean, it's the sound of it. It's uh, it's it's the sound. It's everything. Oh my god, that's another thing yeah. I've discovered. People are telling me, right? The interview isn't out yet as a recording, but it'll come out before this one. Um, the sound of the impact oh, yeah. is itself arousing, right? What I what oh, yeah. I, what, oh, I, yeah. what I want someone to do audio file right here. <laughs> what I want someone to do is to record the sound of their impact and play it back out of context and just listen to the sound and see if out of context the sound alone is arousing. Does that make sense? Like like in the Oh absolutely. The, yeah. 
I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Have you done that? Like if somebody's have, 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 <laughs> have you recorded the sound <laughs> back? <laughs> no, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So I'm a huge Renaissance Festival nerd. There's this guy every year who does a whip show. A whip show. <laughs> sound out whip gets me off every oh, like, time. Like, oh, I'm just like <sighs> Yeah. Okay. I'm just like, oh man, if my bare ass was right there, I'm just <laughs> just <laughs> Okay, on on that note, we'll uh, we'll bring it back, and we can take off the next time we come in with the uh, the Renaissance Fair Whip guy. I'm sure he's dressed up all all um, fancy and like he's is he wearing like um you know the old school like uh, it's leather 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 leather. See, you can't can't imagine that's not a BDM show in disguise, right? How many you know how many? I mean, the freaks come out to play then. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on board. I'll definitely have you on again to um continue down these paths because we've we've opened a lot of boxes that I hope we can um we can close with a bit of a whip crack and um experience. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Night. I just want to give a super special thank you to Ellie for jumping on the podcast. I had a amazing, insightful time, and I hope that that is conveyed to you as well. The idea of a subspace being a goal in and of itself, not just as an addition to, you know, sexual or orgasmic pleasure, but as a potential goal in and of itself. I also appreciated her highlighting the idea of a of a sub and a dom using or having the backup of a safe word, but the goal of never having to use it. That to me suggests a level of mastery and connection and if done well, would be amazingly pleasurable. Having re-listened to the podcast, I'm still not 100% sure where I sit on some of the more controversial aspects of our talk. Like I say, informed, enthusiastic consent with a fellow adult is key. There's nuance to that discussion. But provided you have informed, enthusiastic consent, I'm all for it. That said, there are aspects of sex and sexuality and kink and BDSM and this community in general that are easier for me to accept without this level of discussion and debate. If you disagree with what I've said, if you can provide a nuanced explanation or insight, if you have an alternate opinion, or if you want to push back on something, I very much encourage you to reach out and potentially jump onto the podcast because with this conversation and with many of the conversations here, we may go into some questionable waters. We may face topics that require nuance to break through. And the only way we can do that is through long-form discussions like this one. But once again, thank you to Ali for jumping on. You're an amazing person and I look forward to chatting to you again. If you'd like to support this podcast, the best thing you can do is rate and review and recommend it to someone. But beyond that, you could grab a copy of my book, Kink, Volume 1. It's a collection of kinky and BDSM-inspired short fiction and poetry. The ebook's only a couple of bucks, and I narrate the audio. You could also consider joining the Patreon. Patreon supporters at the $5 tier get early access to all of the podcasts, the moment they're edited. I release my episodes to the public every two weeks, but Patreon supporters may get two, three, four, or even six episodes in advance. You'll also get exclusive access to 
the Kinky Community Discord channel where we can chat and connect. Exclusive access to the sultry sound bites, these two to ten minute snippets where I'm talking on Patreon about sex, sexuality, kink, and all this fun stuff. And you'll also get a chance to interview me on the podcast. At some stage, I'm going to raffle to my Patreon supporters the chance to be the interviewer. You can ask me whatever you like, and I'll answer it. So if you want all of those benefits and more, or if you just want to support what I'm doing here, please sign up to the Patreon. It really does help. It takes me maybe six hours on top of the recording time to get these episodes out to you, and I'm more than happy to do it. But with your support, I'd be able to release an episode every week rather than every two weeks. I'd be able to interview more people. I'd be able to make this thing really pop. So, if you want to support what I'm doing here, if you want those benefits, head over to Patreon and sign up to the $5 per month tier. And finally, if you want to be a guest or a sponsor on the podcast, hit me up on social media or shoot me an email. And the links to that and everything I've talked about are in the show notes. And now, I'm going to leave you with a piece from the book Kink, Volume 1. Enjoy. Rachel's Confessions Before we begin, I need to say something. The societal standards around promiscuity are terribly biased. If a man were to act as I do, he'd be considered a stud. Someone that other men would admire and attempt to emulate. But me? Oh no, I'm labelled a dirty slut. Women feel obliged to judge and shun me. Men are okay fucking me, but that's about the level of my worth to them. It's always been like that, even back in my high school days. Kids can be so cruel when it's happening to someone else, but when it comes back to them, they act all shocked and hurt. Bitches and bastards, the lot of them. Well, maybe not everyone, but it certainly feels that way at times. I've always been into sex, and frankly, I don't really see what the big deal is. Why should we limit our relationships to some arbitrary line in the sand that says, this is the one person to whom I'll share my body with, and subsequently, that one person has the only body which I'm allowed to embrace. Fuck that, and while you're at it, why not fuck me as well? We both know we will enjoy it. One time, I was at a football match with a mate, and he seemed kind of blue. Something about being bored at home and run down from work. To make a long story short, I ended up sucking him off right there in the stands. He was happy, and I was happy. It was a good time. You could say that sluttiness is my love language. That's right, I'm reclaiming the word back and owning it. If making people happy makes me a slut, then slut be I. I suppose that's how I got onto OnlyFans. I'd been sending my nudes around to my football friend and others for a while. And they were quite receptive and appreciative and very complimentary. So I thought, fuck it, why am I slaving away in a 9 to 5 when I could make a real go of this? I'm doing it for free anyway. There's just something super hot about knowing there's a bunch of people simultaneously playing with themselves whilst watching me. The DMs and requests really got me going. I like to toy with them, tease them, and make them beg. We have fun. 
They call me their digital mistress, and I play with them in ways that they've never dreamed possible. I feel kind of bad being the other lady for some of them, but it isn't my place to judge. With most marriages ending in breakup, people cheating left, right and centre, and porn usage running rampant, it's clear they're going to do it anyway. The interesting thing is that it isn't just men. I've quite the vocal minority of female friends, and now fans, who appreciate my openness. I guess that I'm embodying some of the qualities that they wish they themselves had, and that my extreme example of sexual freedom enables them to be just a little bit more of a slut in their personal lives. I'm sure their men appreciate my influence, and if they don't, I'm more than willing to help those ladies out from time to time. Although, at first, some do need a little bit of chemical encouragement to open up, if you catch my drift. Funnily enough, I thought I was the biggest slut out there. And for a while, that was the truth. But my online work has exposed me to a depth of depravity that can only be described as glorious. I haven't tried at all, but I'm making my way through some of the more interesting kinks. My favourite so far has been to make one of my more beta male friends into somewhat of a cuck. I found a bull of a bloke to dominate us both and just let loose. The bull fucks me while the beta sits, watches, and does what he is told like the good little boy he is. If he's an especially good boy, the bull might even just fuck him as well. We have fun.
You've been listening to the Kinky Conversations podcast.